0: The average number of weekday riders on New York City subways in 2019 was nearly 5.5 million. By June 2023, paid weekday subway ridership was 3.6 million, down 34% from that 2019 level. The Metropolitan Transportation Authority, the operator of more than 6,400 subway cars, more than 5,700 buses, two of the country's busiest commuter trains, and multiple bridges and tunnels saw fare box revenue in 2022 plummet 37% from its 2019 levels.
1: If you're looking at a roughly $20 billion annual operating budget, before COVID, about half of that came from fare revenues. When you're still missing a big chunk of your fare revenues and you have to provide the same level of service, that obviously creates a, a big hole in the budget.
0: Remote work is blamed for much of that decline. Compared to their 2019 levels, Manhattan office workers were at their desks on average 68 percent of the time during the midweek and just 37 percent on Fridays. Fears about public safety and crime have also impacted the city's round the clock subway service.
2: New Yorkers are on edge as violent crime throughout the city's subway system reaches new highs. Three subway murders have been recorded in the past two weeks
3: alone.
0: Now to the search for the man who police say might have left a subway rider partially paralyzed. He's accused of pushing that unidentified victim headfirst into the side of a train.
3: I would say, unfortunately, crime has been a deterrent for some people to return. I think that folks believe that there is a safety in numbers.
0: A surge in people not paying their fares has impacted revenue, too. Fare evaders cost the MTA $690 million in 2022 across its network, 38 percent more than the previous
2: year. People are less rule following than they used to, and that includes subway fare evasion. Also, TikTok, young people see young influencers jumping turnstiles in various creative fashions, and it makes it feel more socially acceptable. We're seeing it modeled by very popular figures in social
0: media. To stem those losses, the MTA is looking to replace its fleet of subway turnstiles. CNBC got a behind the scenes look at a new high-tech barrier that the agency might be considering. In the old days, you had a locking mechanism, and when you paid your fare, the lock would open and you push through the turnstile. Very simple, very old school. What we've done is a big departure from that. We're leveraging not just sensor technology, but also a completely different mechanical design, a much more formidable barrier. Fare revenue is a critical component of the MTA's budget. So when will New York City subway riders return? And what can the MTA do to respond to fare evaders? The New York City subway got its start in 1904 and was initially operated by private companies with government oversight. The first route was built out from City Hall by the Interborough Rapid Transit Company with fares of just five cents a ride. The line is credited with transforming Times Square and unleashing a housing boom. The original two private companies are called the Brooklyn
2: and Manhattan Transit Corporation. They made what we now think of as the lettered lines, or the B Division, and the Interborough Rapid Transit Company, which does what we now call the
0: numbered lines with the A-Division. By 1940, New York had three competing subway systems. In June of that year, the trio were consolidated, creating one of the largest transit systems in the world with nearly 1,200 miles of tracks.
1: From the early 20th century up until right before World War II, to be rough about it, the city was focused on building and expanding and maintaining subways, seemed like. Mass transit was the way that people would get away a a dense city.
0: But in the 50s, support for mass transit waned, with successive administrations betting on a future of roads and highways with a focus on the car. The subway became a symbol of urban decay in the 1970s, with rampant crime and trains covered in graffiti. This subway station is the end of the line in more ways than one. At this hour, bodies roll in sleeping or drunk or on drugs or just because a subway bench is the most convenient bed. On an average day in 1981, 325 trains were canceled. A third of all subway car doors were broken and trains caught on fire 2,500 times a year. Crime was abundant. Subway vigilante Bernard Goetz shot four teens who allegedly threatened him in the 1980s.
3: It's about time somebody, somebody to themselves. Nobody's protecting us on the subway.
0: But as the crisis deepened, political consensus to rebuild the system grew.
1: We're not going to have New York City left unless we rebuild the subway. So early 1980s, state legislature enacted into half a dozen taxes to fund subway and commuter rail system and began to rebuild the physical assets, get rid of the graffiti. New York City Police Department, a decade later, started to control the crime on the subway.
0: In addition to that funding, the MTA proposed a 10-year, $14 billion capital investment program to restore the system and ensure its long-term survival. Between 1980 and 2015, subway ridership increased roughly 70 percent from about a billion to almost 1.7 billion riders. But by 2017, overcrowded trains combined with deferred maintenance were straining the system again, leading New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to declare a state of emergency.
1: We know the system is decaying rapidly. I think of it as a heart attack.
2: You basically see a series of every 10 or 20 years, the MTA faces a new fiscal crisis, and then we figure out a new set of supports.
1: The eve of the pandemic, subways basically a success story. You know, not to say that they were perfect, but only one or two murders a year on the subways with ridership of $2 billion was the lowest you were ever going to get it. Well-funded, you had half the revenue coming from fares and tolls, the other half coming from these tax subsidies, and the infrastructure was in reasonably good condition.
0: But the pandemic changed everything as ridership plummeted to historical lows and new problems arose. The MTA handles about a third of the nation's mass transit users, about 2.6 billion riders in 2019 alone. More than 13 percent of New York City's subway riders didn't pay their fare in the fourth quarter of 2022, up from just 3 percent during roughly the same period in 2018. On an average weekday, That translates to 400,000 fare evaders, enough to fill Yankee Stadium eight times over. The problem got even worse in the first quarter of 2023. Fare evaders cost the MTA $690 million in 2022, including $285 million on its subways, $315 million on buses, $44 million on commuter rails, and $46 million on bridges and tunnels. While enforcement is up, policing the subway is notoriously difficult.
3: It's extremely hard to enforce. I would estimate there are about a thousand entrances to the subway system.
0: To curb unlawful behavior, the MTA is looking to replace turnstiles. As I step into the aisle here, the cameras are sensing me. If you look up at the screen, you see that there's a big red blob. The big red
3: blob here above me, that's me.
0: Conduit which provide services like Electronic Toll Collection, work with France's National Rail Network, SNCF, to design this system. You think about the cameras and the detection systems that go into that solution are are quite advanced. To be able to detect children from parents, from luggage, from animals, and prevent unwanted individuals or or devices from coming through. Tall plexiglass doors make climbing over or under more difficult. Flashing lights and an alarm signals a evader is trying to enter. MTA has not yet decided which tech it will use, but Conduin along with other vendors showcased its 3D fare gate at a public MTA meeting in May. This is not your grandfather's approach to fare evasion. It's fresh, it's different, it's comprehensive. It can also detect if someone is trying to piggyback or cheat the system. If I pay my fare and someone comes in right behind me and doesn't pay theirs, the system will determine that they haven't paid and they'll get busted. In New York, the majority of subway fare evasions happen when someone leaves the emergency gate open. About 20% of people jump the turnstile, about 16% slip through the gap, and 12% duck under. Most offenses occur between 3 and 4 p.m., roughly the same time schools dismiss. Inflation could be another reason people are not paying their fares.
3: A lot of it has to do with the economy. It's one more cost that people feel like they have to incur when they're already seeing increased cost for rent and groceries and all of their other expenses. And often they see the risk of jumping the turnstiles as worthwhile for the potential $100 ticket.
0: While low-income residents can apply for a 50% discount on subways and buses, only about a third of eligible New Yorkers or about 300,000 people have enrolled in the program. One in four low-income New Yorkers can't afford to use public transportation. In the MTA's case, if we lost fare revenue, we would have we'd have massive
2: service cuts. And so it's, it's well worth a functioning fare collection system that keeps fare evasion low and stable is the important part.
0: While fewer strap hangers have been a drain on the MTA's revenue, systems in other U.S. cities have been hit even harder. Riders on Chicago's L train in March 2023 were at 50 percent of their pre-pandemic levels. At the same time, Washington, D.C.'s metro saw a similar drop. In 2022, the MTA's operating budget was $19.3 billion. While the majority of that money it receives comes from taxes and subsidies, about 23%, or roughly $4 billion, came from fares. By contrast, fare revenue from subways, buses and commuter trains in 2019 made up about $6.3 billion, or 38% of the MTA's total operating revenue. To make up for that loss, the MTA received billions in federal pandemic aid. It has also increased its base fare 15 cents for subways and buses to $2.90 and has been promised an infusion of state money, including over a billion dollars annually in the form of an increase in the New York State payroll mobility tax. Congestion pricing designed to shift people to mass transit will also collect a billion dollars annually and benefit the MTA by charging drivers more to enter Manhattan below 60th Street. But why do New York City subways lag behind their European counterparts? For starters, New York transit projects are notoriously expensive to build.
1: Our cost of building subway assets is five times at the upper end what it costs to build a global subway assets. So it's not so much that the projects are the wrong projects, Although that doesn't help, but it's that even when they're the right projects, like building the Second Avenue subway, digitizing the the subway signal so you can run these trains more quickly, the projects cost much more than they would anywhere else in the world.
0: Phase one of the Second Avenue subway, for example, along Manhattan's Upper East Side, opened in 2017 at a cost of $4.4 billion. Phase two of the project, extending the line from 96th Street to 125th Street, not expected to open until 2030, will cost $6.3 billion.
2: Greater Paris, the RETP, it's called, has the same capital budget as the MTA. It's about 50 billion euros for $55 billion. And they're building hundreds of kilometers of new rail. We're not doing that. We're going to get
0: a little extension in 2nd
2: Avenue subway and then hopefully repair some broken stuff.
0: New York City's strict regulations, as well as high labor and construction costs, have been blamed for much of those budget increases.
3: If you think of world cities like London, Paris, Singapore, there is massive federal investment in their mass transit system. Here in the United States, it's far less of a focus. Public transit gets very little funding compared to our highways and bridges and tunnels outside of the transit system. This country really favors motorists.
0: Large debt payments are also a burden. While more than half of the MTA's $19 billion 2023 expense budget went to New York City subways and the Staten Island Rail, about 16% went to paying back debt. The remainder went to the Long Island Railroad, Metro North Rail, buses, bridges and tunnels. A debt payment of $3 billion, for example, is enough to run the Washington DC metro system for an entire year.
3: The MTA has to be in this constant state of begging for state assistance and federal assistance. This was happening long before the COVID-19 pandemic. Every couple of years, the MTA has to reach out with its hands out because there isn't a fully committed line of funding that really ensures the ability of the MTA to provide operations and capital improvements on a regular, consistent basis.
0: And that trend could continue as work from home and hybrid policies become further entrenched. It could take years before fare revenue and subway ridership return to their pre-pandemic levels.
1: Where is the transit system 10 years from now? Ideally, you've got ridership back to 100% or at least 95% of where it was pre-COVID. Your commuter rail system is much cheaper. It's more like a European commuter rail system where the price is not significantly higher than a subway ticket and the system is as safe as it was in
3: 2019. I don't believe that we'll get above 75% until people are required to be in the office or in school five days a week as they previously were. And I don't know if we'll get to that point.